Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Liam Maitland, KCBS Foodie Champ at San Francisco Brewing Company. With me, Josh Levy, owner. Good to see you, brother. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. How about yourself? I'm great, man. I'm great because uh, I'm in good company and we have brews. So first question, what are we drinking? Uh, Today we have a flight of three different beers, kind of show off different varietals that we do here. We have a blood orange Kolsch, um, we have a black lager, and then we have a hazy IPA. So three different varietals, three way different beers across the board, but kind of showing off our ability to scale and do different styles of beer. Where do we begin? I'll definitely start on the lighter side, on the Kolsch side. It's a blood orange Kolsch uh, made with about 40 pounds, uh, 140 pounds of uh, blood oranges. Cheers to you, Josh. Here Cheers. we go. We're going to meet your brewmaster in just a minute, but here we go. Or as I say in Ireland, slancha. Mm. Oh, my word. Gift from the gods right there. Yes. Perfect. Uh, let's talk about your journey, Josh. Uh, did you grow up in a brewmaking family? So, actually, it's kind of funny that my great-grandfather started the first brewery in Baja, California, Mexicali Brewing, in 1922. In your bones, in your blood. Yes, definitely. So, when Prohibition was coming around, he uh, came from Germany and, and uh, started a brewery called Mexicali Brewing um, and was there for over 50 years. So, I'm a fourth-generation, per se, brewer. That's pretty cool, right? Yeah, definitely. Uh, your passion began when or in fact let's wind back the clock do you remember your first brew first beer that i ever brewed or the first beer i ever drank that you ever drank (laughs) well that's an interesting story um was back east at a family reunion probably around 12 uh maybe 13 and uh had a cigar in my mouth and it's in philadelphia at a family reunion and i can remember that i went to the keg and me and my brother had a couple and we were on the hammock and not doing so well with the beer and the uh, cigar and uh, needless to say it didn't end up well but i remember that very vividly of having uh, killian's red um beer as one of the first beers that i ever tried what was it about beer early on that just ignited that joy spot within you Well, I think, you know, with our family background in in liquor and in beer has always been around us as a family. Um, We have other side of our family is in the tequila making business. So we always had liquor around in the family. Not that we drank a lot of liquor, but there was always that good feeling of liquor, you know, and family coming together. So it always was there. And and that is a very European sensibility. You know, uh, when, when kids... When, when, when beer is hidden or wine is hidden or any kind of booze is hidden from kids and, oh, can't have that, that's naughty, uh, then that just spikes your curiosity. But when it's something as a kid you maybe get to have a taste of at special occasions, uh, it takes away the mystery uh, and I think it probably improves the relationship uh, uh, with alcohol for, for any kid becoming an adult and of legal age. Yeah, definitely. And one of the funny things was in high school, you know, there was never any liquor hidden. It was actually 
shown off because my family had the tequila background so they would send barrels to us in our living room and you know my parents would be like hey this is a very you know noteworthy tequila from your family at the Jose Cuervo and we would try it and you know it was just something interesting it wasn't like I had to steal or you know go behind my parents back it was always something in front of us that you know you knew that you didn't abuse and you could just try and you know growing up it was always around us so your relationship with booze has always been a healthy one always a healthy one and that's you know kind of what started my you know process into brewing was my interest in college and in brewing as well well let's drink to that let's go to number two here in the middle what do we have uh this is a black lager so it's away from your traditional colored lager so it's black in color but again what it does is that stereotypically everybody looks at dark beers as heavy porter stouts like oh that's going to be really heavy on me this is a light lager and added some roasted malt in it to give it the the black hue but it's a lager by by trade so it's very light, very crisp, um, but black. Here we go. Cheers. Mm. Oh, wow. That is light. Refreshing. It's funny. You know, often people, when you go to an Irish bar and you say, I like a Guinness, or they say, would you like a, a, a pint of the black stuff? It's, it's actually red, not black. Yeah, definitely. And this is, you know, this is this is not as true black as it could be. Yeah. But again, it gives it that light feel that you're, you know, hey, I'm drinking a dark beer, but it's not really heavy on the stomach like a stout or a porter traditionally. Let's talk about your college days. You went to the Harvard of the West. Yes, Harvard of the West, you know, everybody thinks it's Stanford, but it's really Chico State. <laughs> um, no, you... You, you have to love beer to get into Chico, isn't that correct? Yeah, definitely. It's on your application. If you drink in Sierra Nevada, then you can get into Chico State. Uh, but my passion started there. Um, you know, one of the founders of craft on the West Coast was Sierra Nevada. It's still yeah. family-owned today. Um, something to look up to. But it definitely, we got really cheap craft beer as well. So comparatively to a university in the Midwest that had to be forced to drink Budweiser, we were forced to drink Sierra Nevada and talk about a great beer to drink, right? Not such a bad thing. Yeah, definitely. It was in, you know, you know, being around that environment of, you know, community and small business and kind of sparked my interest into uh, brewing and started uh, home brewing yeah. shortly after college. Uh, and I have to say, Sierra, uh, Nevada, the little brew company that could and did and has and still is. Yeah, definitely. And they, you know, have, have put a model of sustainability and, you know, what family operations is about haven't sold out to the big uh, beer companies. And so that's really cool to see in today's age of acquisitions of beer companies that yeah. somebody that big and pronounced across the country and across the world is still family owned. So uh, college, didn't go to college to brew, did you? No, went to college and got a, a business administration degree, uh, emphasis in marketing and side emphasis in brewing. Um, no, joking, but <laughs> uh, but business administration and, and uh, took it into sales and then became a home brewer for the last 12 years um, before I started the company. So as a home brewer, uh, what's the best advice you could give to another home brewer? What were the bi- biggest lessons you learned being a home brewer first? Well, not every batch is going to be successful, right? Um, It's trial and error. um, And, you know, you keep on trying. You'll make better and better product as you learn from your mistakes, just like anything in life. You learn from those mistakes and you try to build on those as, you know, um, kind of things that you can build to make better beer. And so what I did essentially is took that, you know, lesson learned every time and made better and better beer. And then eventually my friends were getting married and they said, hey, can you brew some beer for our wedding? And that's when I knew I started making good beers that my friends asked me to make beer for their weddings. So at what point, Josh, uh, by the way, for those who've just joined us, San Francisco Brewing Company, uh, North Point, Ghirardelli Square, San Francisco, talking to Josh, uh, owner here. Um, 
and the man at the helm. We are going to meet Brewmaster in just a minute. Uh, but Josh, at what point did you decide that you were going to take this uh, seriously and that you form a company and you realize a dream? Yeah, so in 2012, I, I did the startup realm in San Francisco, as any business you know, guy, sales guy in San Francisco or Bay Area does, works for a bunch of startups, yeah. makes a bunch of money for the, the company and says, you know, I could probably do this myself at one point or scale into something of my own business and decided that what better way to take my passion for, for beer and stop you know, selling my homebrew and go you know, professional, get the licensing with the state and the federal government and you know, take it on to something the next level. So in 2012, while I was still at one of the startups, I started this company and I was delivering beer, don't tell anybody, while I was on my lunch breaks um, from this Secret, Secret's safe with me, brother. Oh, yeah. I won't tell anyone. Yeah, don't, don't tell anybody. Um, they went public, so they're good now. Um, but anyway, so you know, I was doing it part-time, you know, and I said, you know, to myself in 2012 or 2014, I said, I can't do both of these anymore. I'd like to, yeah, I can't give 100% to one job and 100% to the other. Yeah. It's either one or the other. And I, my wife was nice enough and awesome enough as a, as a person and as a partner to say, go follow your passion. Yeah. And so in 2014, 15, I left the startup world and started doing this full time, and which led us to where we're sitting today. Well, Josh, you are all about passion. It's infectious how passionate you are about beer, uh, about this company. So... Let's talk about the name, San Francisco Brewing Company or Brewing Co. San Francisco Brewing Co. To me, it, it seems like it's, it's, a, it's, a, uh, it's a company that's been around for many, many, many years. How did you get this name uh, and what's the story here? So if you go into Wikipedia, you can find San Francisco Brewing Co. has been through about five to six different iterations of the name itself from Barbary Coast Brewing. So let me do that real quick. Oh, yeah, you're right. Oh, yeah. I see that. Um, and on the last line is Josh Levy's, you know, acquired the name in 2012. And essentially what the brand has stood for over the test of time is, you know, a quality uh, product. And, and unfortunately, the demise of the last company was in 2009. Yeah. And I was lucky enough to acquire the name in 2012 um, and, uh, you know, start the company with San Francisco Brewing Co. There's other stories of, you know, other names I wanted to call the company that I, I really thought this as a person from the Bay Area yeah. um, with roots here in San Francisco as my father owned a business in San Francisco that I should call it San Francisco Brewing Co. Uh, quite frankly, no better name, is there? No, especially not being in Ghirardelli Square. You know, when you look at what Ghirardelli is to San Francisco, and I'm hoping San Francisco Brewing Co. will kind of follow that suit and tradition of excellence. Well, listen, let's talk about the space, Ghirardelli Square, iconic location. Uh, I'm sure when you proposed this plan to a few people, they said, are you out of your mind? Uh, tell me about how you found this space and how it came to be what it is today. Yeah, definitely. Everybody thought I was out of my mind. Before you tell the story, we should have a we should take cheers once again. What are we what are we what are we drinking now? Uh, this is our Hazy Valley Two. Um, it's a hazy, juicy, tropical beer. So IPAs traditionally are very hoppy, West Coast style in terms of bitterness. This has very little bitterness on the front end and all of the aroma and the juices on the back end. So it's a new style that just got created with the uh, Brewers Association as a a, a, a category that can be judged because so many people are making these styles today. So essentially it's a cloudy, unfiltered IPA with a lot of tropical hops in it. Yeah. I love it. I just took a little vacation. In fact, I'm going to go back to the beach one more time. Here we go. Mm -mm -mm. I could have a couple of those right now. Wow. Throw me a beach ball. Uh, so you get the space. Yep. 
uh, I'm sure there were a couple of people you, you showed your business plan to and they said what? Uh, you're crazy. Um, as a first-time restaurant guy, uh, taking on, we have 12,000 square feet here at Ghirardelli Square. So essentially how the project happened was um, there was a beer garden run by Loganitas three years ago yeah. out here on the plaza. And uh, essentially I saw that and said I could do it better as a local business. Um, Loganitas now, unfortunately, is owned by Heineken. Um, so I was thinking to propose a small business coming back to Ghirardelli yeah. Square. The owner said, we're not doing that if, unless you want to take a look at our restaurant opportunity. So yeah. walk the space. I said, I'm not a restaurant guy. I'm not going to do a restaurant. If you ask any of my friends, they'd say he never wanted to do a restaurant. He's a beer guy first. Um, And I walked into the space that we're sitting in right now for this interview, um, and they didn't propose this in the initial offer. And I said, the only way I'm going to do this deal is if we can bring brewing and manufacturing back to Ghirardelli Square, which left in 1963. And it's back. Yes, and back. And so, you know, when we proposed this idea of bringing brewing and manufacturing back, we did the beer garden uh, last summer, and we're running it this summer as well. So we have 6,000 square feet of restaurant space, 3,000 of brewing space and tasting room, private dining, and then another 3,000 of, um, uh, of beer garden. And essentially, we're one of the biggest brew pubs in San Francisco, and we have the biggest beer garden in San Francisco. So, yes, I'm crazy. Way, way, way to go, Mr. First-time uh, restaurant uh, brewing entrepreneur. Uh, listen, with good brews comes good food. You do have a great menu. Uh, what I love about not just the fact that you can come here, enjoy the great brews, you know where they came from. You can actually see the tanks, uh, brewmaster at work. I mean, this is a working uh, brewery. Yeah, definitely. And that's part of the thing that we wanted people to do is be able to come and see all the equipment that they're actually drinking, you know, the beer. And so one of the things that was different with our brewery is that we're tank to tap. So everything that you drink comes out of these vats. We have eight bright tanks. Essentially, you're drinking directly out of the tank. So these, none of the beer here is ever kegged. Yeah. It's directly out of the vats, bright tanks, we call them, directly to the tap. So tank to tap, very fresh beer, always you know, innovating different styles here. Yeah. Was that an invitation to go and uh, do some drinking from the tap? Uh, yeah, you just invited yourself, so <laughs> I guess we're going. Hey, before we do that, let me just introduce Justin here. Uh, you're the brewmaster. Justin, how did Josh find you? Through a, uh, a mutual friend. Um, who reached out to me and uh, I just thought this was kind of a run-of-the-mill brewery and uh, finally came down here. I'm really glad I checked it out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And so, obviously, Josh's passion, his enthusiasm, pretty infectious. How could you say no to this guy? I I couldn't when I saw the place, especially, uh, yeah, with with this kind of creative freedom and yeah. I mean this is a you've got an ankle you've got an ankle bracelet on which means you're not allowed to wander too far. Exactly. It starts zapping me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So, you partnered with Josh. Uh, you're thinking about the brews uh, that you want to sell from here, the brews that really will illustrate what San Francisco Brewing Co. is all about. Uh, what was that uh, initial plan in terms of what you hope to offer here and what you are offering to those who love beer? So, yeah, my, my background is, uh, is quite diverse, and I have experience making mostly uh, German style lagers at the Gordon Beers production facility. Um, also have a background in uh, 
do, doing many of uh, British ales and um, s- s- some other styles oh. as well. So. so you operate in Celsius, not Fahrenheit. Yes, Celsius it is, yes. <laughs> How do you feel about that, Josh? So when I bought the system and had it built, it was very frustrating after I hired Justin that he was a Celsius guy. And uh, so we had to have the, the manufacturer come back and change everything from Fahrenheit and gallons to liters, hectoliters, and Celsius. But I've learned to love it. Uh, everybody else in the world is on Celsius and, and that system comparatively to us in the U.S. that are on Fahrenheit. So I had to learn to love it, and I love it now because everything zero degrees is freezing and 100 degrees is boiling. So it's pretty simple. And, you know, for you, uh, coming here, partnering with Josh, uh, you have a new playpen yes. to work it's in. It's a Ferrari. A, a yeah. new mad scientist lab. This is the Ferrari of brewmaking facilities, is it not? Yes, yes. So um, I, I couldn't be more excited. It's a premier stainless 10-barrel, three-vessel brew house. And uh, we, can, we have six fermentation tanks and eight uh, serving tanks in which the beer goes directly from the serving tank to the tap. So and that's, and that's a, any pressure. And that's a beautiful thing. As Josh said, uh, you know, literally from the tank straight to the tap, straight to the consumer. That's pretty cool. Yes, absolutely. And they, they seem to like it. No, nothing like fresh beer. So as the brewmaster, uh, for our friends listening at home, uh, we are talking beer. We are talking brews, San Francisco Brewing Brewing Co. Um, What makes a great beer? What makes a great brew? Desire to make one. Give it the time, the the right ingredients, and uh, just uh, don't don't be afraid to try new things. And if you fail, don't be afraid to put it down the drain. And uh, as long as you learn something, each time, uh, you'll get better and better. And, yeah. I'm going to ask Josh this question, too. Uh, tell me about the beer that didn't make the grade. You thought, oh, this could be good, and then no. So the, the only style that we didn't like was actually our very, very first batch, and it was a Czech-style Pilsner. We used some experimental malt from Admiral Malting uh, across, the, across the bay. Sure. And uh, there's a learning curve to, to using any, any brew house. So we couldn't quite nail our temperatures and our desired pH and really had to refine ev- everything about that first batch. Sure. So uh, it, it didn't make the cut. And, uh, yeah, Next. It, it went down the drain. Onward. Yep. Uh, Josh, your thoughts on that, 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 that little uh, journey? Uh, yeah, that was a learning experience for sure. You know, putting a brand new system in front of you. It's not like driving a car for the first time because everybody's driven a car. Every brew house is different. Um, and when you're learning about, you know, pH and the water in San Francisco is not what you thought it was. And it would take this to get it to this level. pH is very critical in the brewing process. And then temperatures um, are very critical as well of hitting certain levels. And we didn't hit anything uh, that we wanted to in terms of those, uh, those uh, parameters. Yeah. And so... We, we thought the beer wasn't up to snuff, and one of my things is, is that I'd rather throw it down the drain than have a consumer, you know, question our ability to make a good beer. Yeah. Big difference with winemaking versus brewing. Uh, Mother Nature plays an enormous role. Uh, here, it's more science, right? It's a little bit of both. You know, I can say it's more on, on the, uh, you know, the way that beer is produced in our system but you have the fermentation it's you know you don't let it and set it and forget it like wine and come back four years uh, later you come back two weeks later but we can test it throughout the two-week process and then you know like i said it it, sometimes yeast doesn't want to kick off like you thought it would so then you have to add a little bit more so there is some of that you know that you have to look into but again 
we've learned we're on batch number i think 25 already in yeah. in less than three weeks so we're crushing beer here yeah. um, because justin over here is making some of the best product in san francisco yet alone the bay area yeah. good job your job is done you can go home all right yeah. no. <laughs> it's going to be satisfying for you justin as a brewmaster uh to walk into the beer hall uh and look around and see people loving your brews uh what, what does that uh, evoke for you it's it's just a dream come true and yeah i mean i share the, their happiness is infectious i can see people smiling and uh yeah that, that makes me happy and e- even on the other side of that i appreciate candor if someone has something not positive to yeah. say about the style i can i can yeah. take that and learn from it as well so and it seems to be an exciting time uh especially in northern california to be to be making beer it's a good time to be in the business beer is getting the love that for so many years it did not receive uh everyone talks about wine country but it's fair to say that northern california is also beer country yeah definitely and that's something i think that we're trying to help bring back to the san francisco area is that craft brewing is alive and and happening the city is only seven by seven so you don't have a big territory to put a lot of breweries Uh, unfortunately like other areas like san diego county or la that's massive right we're so small and insulated here in San Francisco that I think it's awesome to have such good quality of brewers here in San Francisco yeah. that you can go to literally any part of the city and go to a brewery and find good quality product because the guild here in San Francisco cares about the product and we care about each other. And it's great to see that I can go down to another brewery and ask for help and they're willing to let the help. And that's part of the whole passion of craft brewing is helping out each other. We're all on the same page of making beer great again, I think. Yeah. And, and there's a community. That, that's small, uh, but pretty tight, right? Yeah, definitely. It's very tight. Uh, we all you know each other by first name. Actually, we're going to a meeting tomorrow um, over at Social Kitchen on the other side of the city to talk yeah. about a brewed IPA and about what our guild is doing for the next year, how we can help you know, bridge the gap of where the consumer sees craft beer and how we can help them get to understand craft yeah. beer. And um, what have you learned? I mean, you've only been open... Uh, what four, weeks? four whole weeks, my lord! Uh, and by the way, also want to got to mention Josh, also a uh, a new a, a new dad, a dad for the second time. You have a is it a, is it a, a three year old? Yeah, I have a three year old daughter Olivia, and then I have a four a three week old uh, son uh, Owen. So not a lot of sleep lately. So I apologize if I stutter a little bit, but um, working on this business and you know two babies in in one year, having open a twelve thousand square foot restaurant and brewery and having a child uh, number two has been uh, interesting and lo- no sleep. When's baby number three coming? Uh, that one's on hold. Uh, we, we need to make sure these two survive. Uh, Let's drink to that, shall we? Here we definitely. go. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, come on now, Justin. Join the party. Here we go. Cheers, guys. All right. Mm. My gosh, I have to say, and I'm not just saying this, uh, raised in England, in Ireland, uh, I grew up on a diet of great brews. Uh, if you're British... You have to love beer. That's why all my buddies back home are big beer bellies. Um, Loving the brews. And I I love what you're doing here. Uh, And I love the opportunity to go to a tank and and have a little something from a tank. Can we walk over there? And and as we walk over, set set the scene for us, uh, Josh. Um, Just to recap again, folks, San Francisco Brewing Co. uh, We are in the belly of the beast, as it were. How many tanks, how much beer coming out of these tanks each day? Yeah, definitely. So uh, we're walking over to the six fermentation tanks that we have here to uh, go through the process of creating alcohol. And after that alcohol was then created, we then either filter 
or we move it over to one of our serving tanks. And the serving tanks essentially are vessels that hold the beer like one giant keg, and we do the carbonation in there so yeah. we can get it to spec for that style of beer. So from uh, that initial, uh, you, you put in the hops, the, the, the first part of the process, from there to the tap, how long is that period? So anywhere between, you know, on an ale style is about 14 to 16 days. If yeah. you go into the Kolsch, you can get in 17, 18 days. And then the longer ones that we're realizing we don't have enough store tanks for are sure. the lagers and pilsners. Because cold fermentation takes anywhere from 30 to 45 days. So uh, we've learned that ales are going to be moving in the summertime. Sure. Uh, that will brew more of uh, IPAs, essentially, because 90% of market today is IPAs in the United yeah. States. Almost like instant gratification, only having to wait, wait a couple of weeks to get to taste the brews, right, Justin? I, I wish we could uh, do a nice balance of everything. Sure. There, there's a place in the world for lagers, for sure. Yeah. Uh, what, are, what are we going to taste first down here? Uh, I'm following you down here as we walk, we walk through. What do we have here? Yeah, so this is a hazy India pale lager. So, again, this has been in the tanks for over a month now. We actually brewed this with the manufacturer flew up here over a month ago because he loves our system so much that he yeah. built. Um, and he's a former brewer. And we said, what do you want to make? Again, you know, the creativity that allows us to kind of just think on the fly. What do we have in the grain room? What do we have in the hops? What do we feel like? What yeast do we have available yeah. on the day that we want to brew? It's kind of like, what are we going to brew today? And so Justin and um, Tim from Premier Stainless uh, went and said, hey, let's make a hazy india pale lager so love it i don't know how there's not a lot out there um, but we've made one and uh you know let's try it out let's uh yeah. go from the tank off to you i'm always curious about the names justin and how you guys come up with your names is there a lot of back and forth are you all sitting around a table sharing ideas or do you guys wake up in the middle of the night and go hey wait i've got it a, a little of each but josh is uh is definitely our official naming department and he's very creative on that front yeah. so uh, <laughs> And the thing that's funny about the names is that everybody's like, well, what's this name? And well, I really don't have a name yeah. for just like an unborn child. I, don't, I didn't know my son's name for two days after he was born. And so until it gets onto the serving side, it's carbonated and it's ready to be served to the public. Sure. I really don't have a name in mind. I'll think about some, but yeah. I really won't create a name until I've actually tried the beer in its finished state. So this one that we're drinking, unknown name, hazy India pale lager. So don't have a name yet, but if you come down to the brewery probably next week, yeah. it will be on draft. Hey, how about no-name beer? No-name beer, no-name hazy beer. I Done. Like so cheers, guys. Right there. Here we go. Mm. Oh, my God. This is a fun day at the office, isn't it? Oh, definitely. You know, one of the few jobs where you're allowed to drink on the job. If you're not drinking on the job, you're in trouble. You get written up, right? No, it's a requirement, yes. Yeah. <laughs> What's the... Uh, how do you scold your team members who should be drinking and aren't drinking on the job? Do you well, write them up, give them a pink slip? What happens there, well, Josh? If they're not drinking on the job, essentially they're not trying out all the beers on a daily basis. And so on the fermentation side, we have to be testing the beers every day yeah. and looking where they are in the state of you know getting close to finished product. Oh. And so, again, if Justin doesn't do it, then he'll get a write-up and it'll be in his uh, email. <laughs> um, and uh, No, we don't do any of that around here. I should point out that we, we, we are drinking, we are sipping, but these are teeny-weeny little uh, tasters, right? Yeah, these are five-ounce tasters. This is what we do for our beer flights. Uh, you know, when we have enough IPAs, we'll do an IPA flight, which, you know, showcases everything from a session IPA all the way to a double IPA, which we yeah. just sold out of this week. Um, 
But then also, you know, we'll do light flights as well. So give the consumer the ability to try lighter beers like our Blonde, our Kolsch, our Pale Ale that don't have a lot of bitterness that are more yeah. for, your, for your light fare drinker. I have to say, I'm loving this. I really am. Uh, is, is this where you want it to be? So, you know, as the brewmaster, you take a little sip. And what, what's, what's, what's good about this and what's yet to be done? So there's still a little bit of diacetyl in there, which is a buttery character aroma that will disappear a little bit over the next week. And um, it, the it's still it is a little buttery, right? A little bit, yes. Yeah. And that that's something that comes about in all styles. Sure. And the goal of a brewmaster is to remove it by the time yeah. the the consumer gets to it. So yeah. if Julia Child was here, she'd be going more butter. <laughs> yeah. She'd be on the floor probably yeah. by now. Um, so I have to ask you, Josh. You know you're. You, Starting a brewery, who do you go to? Where, 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 who do you go to to help you design? Uh, who has the model, the footprint uh, from which you can create and, in fact, did create uh, this new company? So I don't think there's actually somebody you can go to. I wish there was. <laughs> Dear Siri, Siri, please find me um, someone to help me launch a brewery. She says nothing. She's she quiet. Says, You're crazy. Um, no, but essentially, you know, you have to surround yourself with a good team of consultants, uh, the best of breed and all facets of, you know, of, from the brewery to the restaurant to operations to the bar to banquets. You know, you have to surround yourself with those type of people, especially myself being a first-time restaurant sure. tour. Yeah. It's a new name for me, a restaurant tour. I didn't even know tour, what look that at that. Was. I didn't even know what that was. Is it on um, your business card? We're going to get you some business cards. I'll, I'll, I'll have just, that handled. It just says owner. Yeah, I, I'm not pretentious. I don't really, you know, I'll do every job here imaginable from busting dishes to cleaning floors with Justin to cleaning tanks. Um, I've, I've seen you bust tables, man. I, I saw it. I saw, yeah. I saw you do that. Well, you're not an owner unless you get, you know, into the trenches with your employees and Absolutely. understand what they're yeah. doing on a daily basis. Basis. So yeah. I think that's essential for creating a, a you know culture of you know team, um, and that's always what I've been taught in every job that I've ever done. You're all in this thing together. Yeah, we're one team. We you know if one person fails, then we all fail, and so everybody has to be successful here. Uh, I know that uh, folks can come here. They can saddle up to the bar, do a beer flight, enjoy some great food. There's also an opportunity for folks uh, if they want to have a party here. Uh, a bigger occasion, a special occasion. Uh, there's an opportunity for folks to have an event here if they want, right? Yeah, definitely. And so we've uh, done a banquet menu for people. We've already had wedding requests to get married inside the brewery. Are uh, you serious yes. already? Yeah, definitely. And, and receptions out in the beer garden. We had Lululemon here a while ago with yeah. 100 people. So Salesforce has been here. So all the, you know, this is a good place to yeah. show off San Francisco in a very good light because you're in Ghirardelli Square, which is one of the most iconic uh, buildings in San Francisco. And then you you throw San Francisco Brewing Co. and you throw an iconic company like us around. Um, you have TVs here, so people have something to do and watch TVs. World Cup soccer has been yeah. on here. Uh, the Warriors just won their third championship. So, yeah. again, there's plenty of stuff to do here. You know, So come out on the weekends. We're dog-friendly out in the beer garden. We are you know, family-friendly. Of course, I have two kids, so they'll run around and create havoc around here, uh, which is all good. You know, Get those kids to work when they're old enough. Yeah. yeah the, the one, one more year. Yeah, one more year, and the brewmaster, uh, Owen, will be up here. So I have to uh, also uh, just, just mention, um, outside, of course, you have uh, an entertainment license, yes. the first of its kind. Yep. Uh, usually in the city of San Francisco, uh, you know, one day, two day, three day, uh, but you have an entertainment license all year round. Yeah, we have the first one. I had to go in front of the uh, Board of Supervisors and plead my case that I wasn't going to throw a... Uh, 
concert outside of magnitude and upset the neighbors that we have an outdoor entertainment license to allow us to have local artists come and play on the weekends during the week in the summer um, to show off their you know skills and and just like when I was a home brewer you know showing off my beer to friends and family we're giving that opportunity to local artists to come out and play guitar and do acoustic sets and stuff like that so I think it's really cool to come out and see that local well, you, you mentioned the word local, Josh. I know, you know, Curiosity Square, through certain times of the year, it's, you know, visitors come from, from far and wide. But this is a local brewery where you're inviting locals to come, come one, come all, come enjoy, come hang out, right? Yeah, definitely. And, you know, the uh, tour season comes and goes, but the locals are, are, are here to stay. And I, I am a San Francisco local. It's funny because I lived uh, for five years, three blocks from here. And uh, unfortunately, I have to say, back then, I wasn't really into Ghirardelli Square um, because there was nothing really cool there. There is now. Now there's something cool. Uh, We're the only craft brewery on this side of the city, and so we've seen a great influx and great response from the locals um, who haven't had something like this on this side of the city. So we love love the locals. We treat them uh, with utmost, uh, you know, care. Um, because we know that they are successful. If yeah. they're if they're here, we're successful. So yeah. again, we love tourists. We love locals. We're we're here for everybody. So uh, come one, come all. We're we're ready for you. Well, listen. One one more place that I want to visit. I want to take those listening. San Francisco Brewing Co. Uh, we're here. We're hanging out with Josh, brewmaster Justin as well. Can we go to the flight deck of the Star Trek Enterprise? Yeah. Um, so, folks, uh, we are inside the brewery. It's a brewery. It's a restaurant. It's a bar. Uh, there's a big neon sign that says, smile. There's beer, lots of beer. So I, I'm referring to this as, uh, as, as the uh, flight deck. Uh, this is really, really cool. Justin said earlier it's the Ferrari of beer-making uh, production facilities. Uh, talk us through what's up here. So this, like Justin says, is a three-barrel, a three-vessel system. Yeah. It's a ten-barrel brew house. So essentially, uh, we can make up to twenty kegs at a time with this system. Um, it has a hot liquor tank, which is right behind you, which is where we store all the hot water for the brewing process, which is one of the vessels. Then we have our mash lauder ton, where essentially that's where we get the sugar out of the grain and the color out of the grain to then create alcohol. So yeah. on the other side, we have our boil kettle and this is where when you said throw hops in there sure. when we're making bitter beers like one of your uh, british uh, yes. bitters there's yeah. a lot of british uh, you know uh, golding hops he's ken golding hops in this one um, and then we go through the process of cooling down the the wort yeah. when it's done and we send it over to the fermentation tank so again this is a three vessel system it's uh, semi-automated which means that this big control center that you're looking at right now is a big computer that allows us to yeah. control different aspects of it through air actuated valves so when he said ferrari Mm-hmm. There, this is not a Yugo. This is this is the Ferrari. <laughs> it's not a Yugo, Justin. You're happy about that, right? Oh, yes, yes. So first day at the job, you come here and you see, I mean, uh, were you here as this was being built? Yes, or did you, I right. was involved in the... I was involved in the, the full-on build-out. Yeah. So the, 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 the dream team and all the dream machines, too? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So uh, right in front of us here, uh, Josh mentioned this is your... Yeah, if you will, this you know, this is what would you refer to this as the control center? Yeah, yeah the nerve center, the control center, uh, and so you can control the temperature. Uh, you can press a few buttons. I don't know what they do, but what what kind of things can you do from here? 
So essentially you can control different things like getting the certain tanks to a certain temperature so you can set points on there where I want it to get to, again, Celsius, uh, which huh. is uh, something that uh, Justin had this whole thing changed to. So I want the hot liquor tank to be at 82.8, which is around 180 degrees. Sure. Um, and so you have all these red dots on here are all air-actuated valves. So you can turn certain ones on and you can hear them underneath this turn on. And then you can turn these valves off as well with the one touch. Wait, are we having an earthquake? What's going on here? Oh, okay, that's just, a little, just a little movement on my feet there, Josh. Yeah. Got me worried. Yeah, no, no, no. And hey, if, if you're thinking earthquake, this building was built in 1911, yeah. and this, would, this one would stood the 1989 earthquake, and where the restaurant is was built in 1900, Good so Lord. the 1906 earthquake, we're standing on bedrock in this building. So if, okay. if you're worried about an earthquake, <laughs> come here, and you'll be fine, because this is what stood three major earthquakes i'm feeling safe and i'm in good company and i've got a beer not too far away so uh, as we wrap up here guys in terms of uh brewing and trends what are people drinking especially here in san francisco in the bay area are they leaning one way or the other well, I think there's a lot of seasonality with what people drink, especially when you come to an establishment like us. Um, we're seeing right now a trend of what we're seeing on the numbers from our side is IPAs are always going to be killer. Um, but then when you get into the lighter beers, we're seeing our Mexican lager be a top seller and our Kolsch is a top seller. So right now we're going going to be going into the summer swing of things. Uh, we're starting a Kolsch program coming up in the next couple of weeks where if you've been to Germany and Cologne, they have the 200 milliliter glasses, the little cylinders. Yeah. We're going to start a program out in the beer garden and be the first in San Francisco to have the almost replicate of what if you were in Germany, they go around with a little spindle yeah. and you just give them a token and you literally get a shot of beer and it's always cold and it's cheap and it's something cool because you can feel like you're actually getting a German experience in yeah. a German beer garden. Um, I'm sure folks come to you often as the brewmaster, Justin, and go, hey, I want to know how to make beer. What do you say to them? Well, uh, I, I, <laughs> good luck. Yeah. <laughs> I, I get a book, uh, yeah. you know, get, get a homebrew system, go to a homebrew supply shop yeah. and uh, start small. Uh, I think it's necessary to graduate to all grain brewing eventually, but there's nothing wrong with starting out with extract brewing. It's a far simpler approach and yeah. a good way to introduce yourself to the to the process yeah uh in the future here beer making classes ever yeah actually i i am going to do uh bring out my homebrew system i still have that i built 12 years ago um and bring it out to the deck and we'll probably do a homebrew day we also want to do a home beer competition where we're going to have home brewers bring in their beer and we'll, justin and i and maybe a couple other brewers will judge and it, whatever beer wins uh we want to have them be able to produce it on our system and sell it here uh, you know once a year so uh, i think you know i think home brewers are very crucial uh, very important and crucial to the success of craft brewing as a whole and so we recognize as myself coming from a home brewer that you can do it um, it just takes a lot of time um, a lot of money um, that I don't have um, <laughs> and uh, a lot of patience and, and, and things can happen if you do it the right way um, and I think you know one of our mottos smile there's beer um, is something that makes me smile every day that I come into here because we're making great product and the beer is second to none here and you know we're, we're, we're making uh, standing on our own here uh, folks, uh, if you've just joined us, you've just missed a great interview. Uh, San Francisco Brewing Co. Uh, you'll find them in Ghirardelli Square. Brewmaster Justin, thank you. Josh, founder, owner, uh, father, uh, maker of great brews. Uh, 
let you have the last word. Why should people come and pay you a visit? Well, definitely if they want to experience unique and seasonal beers um, and fresh product, again, tank to tap. The other thing I forgot to mention is the uh, beer wall. We're the first brewery in California with a beer wall. So that means essentially you can walk up with a RFID card like you were in an office building, put it in, and get your own beer. So self-service draft system, directly tank to tap. We're the first in uh, California with it. That's a beautiful thing. Sign me up. Folks, come uh, pay uh, the guys here a visit. You will not be disappointed. If you love your brews, uh, you're going to love what they're serving up here. San Francisco Brewing Co. You'll find them in Ghirardelli Square. We'll have the beer notes for you and more on Josh's story and Justin's story at kcbsradio.com and click on Foodie Chap. More beer, please. Cheers. (laughs) This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.